Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! IO, and welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is a wild man, Chris Wilds, and we're just doing a little two-man action tonight as we talk about, as promised, Carson Hensman and the quarterback situation. We hinted at it on our live show Sunday night, Chris. Tonight. We dive into it, you and me. We're going to take a deep dive into what actually happened and why I'm still mad as heck about it and and why you and I will probably be red-faced when this thing is all over because there were some really bad decisions made by supposedly the adults in the room. And which led to a 14-3 loss in the Cotton Bowl, uh, not, not making excuses, um, congratulations to the Missouri Tigers for um, for winning that football game and beating the Buckeyes, beating a blue blood. You did it. Uh, you came from behind. You guys wore us out. You made good coaching decisions there, wore that defense out in the second half, made some really smart moves, and Ryan Day was never able to adjust. The offense was never able to adjust, and decisions made on that offensive line <coughs> have come back came back to haunt him when it was all said and done. But I want to kind of turn the page from the game and talk a little bit about 
what was going on behind the curtain, behind the scenes. More stuff is coming out, Chris, as these beat writers are able to dig up a little bit more and are encouraged to reveal a little bit more of what happened in the days and weeks leading up to the Cotton Bowl sandwiched in between Christmas. And let's start with this topic first, Chris. Carson Hensman, starting center all year long, what happened and why? Let me share what I know, and then, Chris, I want you to respond to what I have dug up, if you will. So, before we get started, offensive line coach Justin Fry makes $1 million, Chris, as the offensive line coach and the assistant offensive coordinator. $1 million is what he makes every year. Okay? Keep that in mind. So by now, most of you know Carson Hensman joined a podcast. It was through an NIL collective, and he revealed some things that apparently um, – I guess, have ruffled the feathers of those on the coaching staff. Now, whether he was allowed to or permitted to or didn't follow the right protocol in order to get permission to be on this podcast, I don't have the answers to that. I'm assuming probably not based off of what happened, based off the fact he didn't start, based off the fact he never played in the game and the offensive line was playing terribly. But here is what I was able to get a list of things that he spoke on this podcast, Chris. He claimed at the time of this podcast, which was around, I believe, on December 20th, that Ohio State had only at that time had six practices. And said that a lot of these were, quote unquote, light workouts. So six practices from the end of the game against the team up north to when he was on the podcast on December 20th, the team had only had six practices. That's not including the practices that happened after that date and while they were in uh, Texas. Okay? So I've seen some reports out there saying Ohio State only had six practices. No, that's not true. They had had six practices, light workouts before December 20th. Okay. He also said that his diet consists of 600 calories per day and that Mickey Mariotti conducts daily weigh-ins for players to ensure that they stay on track. Uh, Hinsman admitted that he was close to 20 pounds underweight for the Notre Dame game. Um, and that because of this, his eating schedule was broken down from him from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, and that he hated that. Okay. That's just football, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be the same thing. Man, at the man next up. Level. That's anywhere. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the way it's going to be if you're going to be uh, a big time, you know, star football player. Um. <clears throat> He said that it felt like that the fan criticism was like they were losing every game this year and that the team felt that. Again, man up. 
I, I don't know what to tell you. You're playing at Ohio State. It's the most rabid, large fan base in the country, man. Okay? Um, there was already a plan in place for Matt Jones to play at center in the Cotton Bowl and in order to boost his NFL stock. We knew that already. I had heard that one already. Doesn't mean that he was going to start at center. It didn't mean he was going to play the whole game at center, but there was a there was a plan in place for that. This one is interesting. This one, I think, is probably why he got in trouble. Mike Hall Jr. and Carson Hensman have gotten into, in their words, six altercations or scraps during practice. They fought each other more uh, than anyone else in the team. Um, and he described as one of the scraps uh, as a little bit of Miles Garrett action, if you re- if you know what that means with the helmet. Swinging right? the helmet, yep. So obviously those two guys went at it a lot. Again, good, prop, great, but probably shouldn't have said it publicly on a on a podcast, Correct. right? Okay. Correct. Um, he said, um, <clears throat> Kyle McCord gave the best pregame speeches. I find that shocking. Um, okay. Didn't see it on the field, but cool. Um, here's where another one really made noise. Now, I've heard this one before reading all of these. The off One offensive line recruit that ultimately went to my, <coughs> Miami demanded a million dollars per year in NIL money from Ohio State. That that's we we kind of figured that didn't we? Chris? Yeah, that's believable. Absolutely, that's not surprising to me at all. No, again, is that the place to probably reveal that? And number number one, number two, how did he know that? The NIL collective, maybe I don't know. Um, <clears throat> this is a direct quote from him. Ohio State doesn't really like to pay guys a whole lot compared to other schools. I, I can see that. That's probably why we don't really get those kind of recruits. Right. But at the same time, we don't really want those re- recruits that are just in it for the money. Un- unquote. Um, and the last one, Ed Orgeron attempted to lure Hensman to LSU with promises of playing time and uh, playing time at tight end and gumbo. Uh, you know what? At, at, at a crazy eighty, I, I can see that too. <laughs> that's that's so on brand for Ed Orgeron, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you come down here, play with Tigers. Uh, I'll put you in a tight end, and I'll give you some gumbo, gumbo, gumbo. Go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a lot to digest, Eric. It, that's a lot to digest. I understand. That's probably the first time you've heard that. Um. Now, let me let me back up one step. <clears throat> Everybody was shocked when we get to the bowl game and Matt Jones is at center and Enoch Vamahi is at right guard. And it was like that the whole game, and it was bad. It was bad. Post-game, I believe it was the second question that Ryan Day was asked, why wasn't Carson Hensman playing? Ryan Day's response was he had several bad weeks 
of practice. Interpretation, he probably didn't practice. And if he did, it wasn't in a starting position because of what he said in that podcast. Now, that podcast was removed quickly. That's why you haven't heard about it or seen it. It will go unnamed what podcast it was on. But either A, he didn't receive permission to go on it. B, he, he revealed way too much information that they didn't like while he was on it. Or C, all the above. Well, you now, know, I, I have a I have a hard time believing that the Office of Compliance wouldn't have stepped in prior to him going on this podcast. <clears throat> I do believe that the university was probably extremely upset that he went out and aired his dirty laundry, so to speak, uh, in front of an audience. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I think that's the kind of thing you handle in-house. <laughs> that being said, I think it's absolutely just insane that they benched the kid. Uh for a number of reasons. One, you, you know, I, I don't know what you're – he didn't say anything that was all that shocking or overly surprising, first of all. I think it's stuff that most of us could have speculated. Sure. We know there's fights in we practice. We know there's – absolutely. And if there wasn't, then that's an indictment on the way you're running your practice because – there needs to be some competition. There needs to be some passion and some fury. If there's not some fights, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> so that doesn't bother me. Now, he could have gone without mentioning Mike Hall's name. Ag agreed. Either but that or, or who cares? The, the Miles who, Garrett comment. Yeah. Who that, gives that a That could have been left out. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Uh, good friend of the program, Mike Wargo, has told us numerous times about, you know, a couple of fights he's had, you know, had when he was back there, you know? Right. So – Fights happen. It is what it is. Uh, I, I just can't see benching the kid for what he said. I really can't. And what this tells me, I, I really feel that this kid's going to be in the portal before it's all said and done, Eric, um, because of the benching. Uh, because basically you're telling him, hey, you're not allowed to have a thought. You're not allowed to express a thought. Instead of just pulling him in and saying, you know what, you probably shouldn't have done this. You probably shouldn't have aired our dirty laundry. You know what, it it, it, it may not be an actual violation of any rule, but you know better. We're going to set you a quarter. Then you're going to come in and play. But, you know, Ryan Day, again, outright lied about the, the whole incident to begin with. He's, he, he lied without lying. Yeah. Okay, like, you know what I mean? It, it's well, that's it's, what he does. Yeah, it's it's coach. But you know what? That's what a lot of coaches do. I mean, sure. in, in day, and we know I'm not a day sympathizer at all. But in day's defense, a lot of coaches do that. But no, I don't feel there's any way this kid should have been set in the whole game, especially when you see how bad things were going, and the fact that you were going to get a quarterback or two killed before the end of the game. Yep. Because now you're not only taking, you're not only risking your relationship 
long term with with the kids that you got on the bench. But you know what, Devin Brown, and more specifically, Lincoln Keenholz, dude, they look terrified out there. They actually looked like they were scared running for their lives. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. Because now you're you're showing them that, you know what, to get my point across, I'm willing to willing to risk your well-being. The the anger from Buckeye Nation on the total lack of preparation. Oh, it's from disgusting. This, from this coaching staff. A lot of people have taken the six practices, most of which were light, light work, and yeah. have run with that as to the reasoning behind why Ohio State stunk it up down in Texas. You, you want to know why we're a soft team, Eric? Right there. Right there. <coughs> That's true that we only had six practices between the game and December 20th or whatever it was. That is insane. The way that we played – Against Michigan, and the way we have played historically against Michigan for the last three years, the hell with one practice, I would have been having two a days to try to get things straight, especially if I'm Ryan Day, who knows that if you lose to Missouri, your seat got even hotter. 23 days is what it was between losing to that team up north and December 20th. He had 23 days, and you, you practice six times. Now, <clears throat> Day might have felt like the team needed some rest. Usually a coach will give you in that in that that time frame a week. You know, take a week off, kick your legs up, decompress, get healthy, get away from football, you know, do what you need to do to cope with this. We'll reconvene in a week and start to regroup and refocus and getting ready for wherever we're going to be heading, which happened to yeah, be the Cotton Bowl. It, it's finals week. Get your head straight. <clears throat> that didn't – that's not what happened, though. No. And <clears> – excuse me. Again, is the reasoning behind this because Ryan Day and the staff were so busy recruiting and finishing up that recruiting class? Yeah, they were out recruiting, Sure. But you mean to tell me that you don't have Mickey Mariotti and other coaches in place that can't run a practice? Like, you did not have every coach on the staff on the road during that time. No, no, you didn't. And this gives some validity to the re- to the rumor, and this is a rumor that Ryan Day tells Mickey to to he pulls the reins back on Mickey. Yeah. Which is a part of the we're not tough narrative that you're seeing a lot of. Someday, eventually, down the road, Mickey if Mickey if Mickey's been wronged, he's gonna he's let it be snow. known. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Th- that's just another another uh cog in the wheel of disappointment. And you know, did Car- should Carson have done what he did by going on this podcast and talking like he did? Maybe, probably not. But was it worth benching him for the whole game? Absolutely not. Eric, I got one other thing I want to say about his his comments on the podcast. And, and I've seen a lot of it come out on other uh, on other podcast fan pages, <clears throat> on just Facebook and, and other social media. People really getting down on Buckeye fans for being so critical. 
Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Five years ago, I might agree with you. Right now, the players have brought themselves to an era where there's going to be an accountability held. You have made yourself professional athletes at this point. You are taking money for NIL deals slash playtime. Let's call it what it is. You, you are getting paid to be out there on the field. You know what? Your grace period just went away. You are no longer a, a young student athlete. You are being paid to play at this point, whether it's through an NIL deal or something else. You are receiving money. You know what? You're going to be held accountable. You don't like it. Stop taking the money. That is definitely an argument that can be made. Um, I would push back on that slightly, Chris, and say that not everybody on that roster is getting paid handsomely. I, you know, but would you pro- say everybody's getting something because at least they're getting their stipend? And when they were just getting their stipend, yeah, but that's when they were just not getting their stipend. That was different. That's like fifteen hundred a month or something like that. Believe me, I'd still, I, I, scholarship to play football to me is money. It is. It's absolutely money. I'll that's tell you money. what. You want to take a look at my student loan bills? Because exactly. I got student loans from the Ohio State University. You want to see what they cost a month? Yeah, uh, I'll I know. tell you right now that scholarship is money. Exactly, it is money. But well, I'm just saying, not everybody's making millions of dollars. Now, Eric. Not everybody's making six figures. Okay? You know what? And, and I dealt. Whether, and you're I making, deals. whether you're making five figures, six figures, whatever, you are still making over and above that stipend and that scholarship. You have turned yourself into a professional athlete at this point. I don't want to hear a word out of you when you're being held accountable. Getting it circling back to, to the conversation about the offensive line. Yes. Again, I don't think it was a, a benchable offense to put him out of the game for the whole game. And most. you brought up a very good point, Chris, that doing so, um, was detrimental to the health of Devin Brown. Yeah. You can now I understand that it happened when he planted and was trying to move and he was avoiding a rush that came up the middle. Go watch the play. Yeah. Um Matthew Jones, God bless him. I understand he was trying to make himself more valuable by showing NFL scouts I can play center as well. But let's be honest, his his best value is at guard. It wasn't yeah. at center because Enoch Vamahi, despite his despite his recruiting ranking four years ago, when he was a, a late get and we were all so excited about him, he has been a huge disappointment at Ohio State and showed why he doesn't need to be playing. He doesn't. Yeah, well, and you know what? The bigger disappointment, Eric, is the fact that he is came in as talented as he was and he's had zero development. Mm-hmm. Just like half the other guys on this line. Zero. Or they've regressed. Yes. So that's what happened. Okay. That is, it wasn't, it wasn't, I'd heard that he couldn't snap the ball. He had like the Chuck Knobloch throwing the ball from second base to first base uh, whoopsies going on. Uh, That, that wasn't that for a second. I don't, uh, not for one second. And even if he was, you can't tell me you're going to bench the guy who you've started at center. And who looked good all year. 
who's made all the calls and adjustments at center all season, and you're putting in a new quarterback, and you don't have the guy who's been making those calls and adjustments all season long in the game. This was this you was through the game in all intents and purposes. You threw the game. With the yes, yes, it was that alone, that decision alone. And I don't know if that's Justin Fry, if that was Ryan Day, or if it was both of them. But at the end of the day, that decision falls on Ryan Day as head coach. And that was the wrong decision to make in that game. And and he can disagree with me, and you can disagree with me and say, as head coach, he was he had to take a stand and he had to make a uh, decision for the uh, for the betterment of the team to show that this isn't what you do. My my gosh, you asked Devin Brown now. If Devin Brown never gets another shot to show what he's truly got, who does that rest on? That rests on Ryan Day making that decision right there. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that. Last thought I have, and I'll give you one more last thought on this before we take a quick commercial break and we come back and we talk about what happened in the quarterback room. And my last thought is this. I hope Carson Hensman takes this moment and grows from it and becomes a Remington Trophy Award-winning center next year. I, I hope that he takes this and... This is a, a springboard to get his head right and become the leader on that offensive line. That's the only positive thing I can see coming out of this is somehow Carson Hensman takes this, runs with it, becomes the leader of this team. Okay, But I am eerily afraid that your prediction might be right because at this point, it's so easy to just say, well, screw you, I'm jumping in the portal. Your last yeah. thoughts, Chris. I, I have – you know what? And this is the thing. The kid's got the talent. I have no doubt that he has the ability to go out there and win that award. I just feel like it's not going to happen for Ohio State. I think that at this point, we have seen so many bad decisions. Now, a lot of them are subtle bad decisions, but so many bad decisions made. Over the course of the last, specifically, I would say, year to year and a half, I really feel like we are seeing a coach and a coaching staff that is losing its team. There's there's definitely that possibility. All right, quick commercial break. We'll be right back. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, we are back, and we're thankful for Mastermind for sponsoring this episode of the OHIO podcast. Chris, here we go. The quarterbacks were just not ready. <sighs> Corey Dennis apparently missed a meeting. That's the rumor. Um, we're going to try our best to clarify some of it. There's still a lot of gray fogginess going on out there. When we when we say something that is a rumor, we'll say this is a rumor. When we say this is a fact, this is a fact um, <clears throat> that we know. This I know. He did miss a meeting. That is what I have I have learned. Uh, it was rumored that evening after the game. I believe Austin Ward hinted at it. We didn't know who it was he was hinting at. Um, Corey Dennis was the one that apparently missed a meeting. And boy, did it show because your quarterbacks weren't ready and that's your room. Chris, the rumor was he went to a concert. Yes. That's not necessarily – it's true, but that's not the reason why he right. missed a meeting. Right. You want to clarify that for everybody? Well, the rumor was originally that he had missed this meeting to go to a concert. What I am hearing, though, is that from multiple sources have said he did indeed go to a concert along with Justin Fry and Brian Hartline. However, this concert occurred after the day's activities and was part of the Bowl Week festivities. So we do not know 100% for sure why he was not at the meeting. What we do know is that the quarterback room was ill-prepared and it ended up that, causing one kid to get injured and another one may have PTSD from what he experienced. <laughs> that's mean, a it, fact that that's a it, fact. They weren't ready. True. They weren't ready. They, and I, this is the part that just boggles my mind, Eric. First of all, I think we all know how Corey Dennis got his job. Okay. He was a nepotism hire. Uh, and, the assumption has always been that Ryan Day is our quarterback guru, correct? Correct. We kind of thought that Corey Dennis was there, but not really 
there. But I don't care who was in charge of that room. We have had Devin Brown for two years. Mm -hmm. We have just completed our first season with Lincoln Keenholz. Both of these guys, you can't say this was quarterback two and quarterback three because we knew a month in advance Mm -hmm. that McCord was out. Correct. That means we could have been taking those days that we only – that we that we were laid off since we only had six practices, light we, practices, light practices. We could have taken those days and dedicated that to preparing the guy who was going to be your number one and your number two. Mm-hmm. There was no preparation there, Eric, none whatsoever. And I, at first, I wanted to jump up and down about the quarterback situation, and it'd be easy to blame the quarterbacks for looking bad, but it's not their fault, Eric. No, they were not prepared. They were set up for failure, not success. Well, this goes all the way back to April yes. of 2023 when you and I set, set down and we, we basically said, if this offensive line doesn't get better, they're going to kill somebody. Kyle McCord played hurt this season. Devin Brown played hurt this season. And now Lincoln Keenholz probably mentally is hurt. Yeah. And and so even though we're talking about Corey Dennis and we're going to talk I'm going to specifically get to him in a second. The fact that and I'm throwing Brian Hartline in this too. Yeah, the fact that all three of them went to this concert. Now the only thing I can say is if they went by themselves <laughs> and this wasn't a team thing and they're the only three who went What was That's the side? Of, what's the side of the ball that suffered? Why didn't um, Why didn't Larry Johnson go? Why didn't Jim Knowles go? Why didn't they were too Eli- They were too daggone busy getting their team ready. Why didn't Eliano go? Like, what? Wh- wh- why wasn't any of the defensive coaches mentioned? It's because they were focused on their players, their room, and their team, and what showed up: the defense. So, yeah. so if if this was if this was a team thing, which I highly doubt, because you don't hear about the defensive coaches going correct. But if this was a team thing, then I I apologize for for saying what I'm saying. But if it wasn't, and even though it might have been a part of the bowl celebration, if your players don't go, if they're not allowed to go, then you as the leader need to be with your players. This is this is serious. You could have used this opportunity to springboard. I'm talking Brian Hartline here. Uh, Carnell Tate. Absolutely. Brandon Ennis. And now you've got two freshmen, uh, Rogers, Noah Rogers, and uh, the other Bryson. Rogers, Bryson Rogers, who said bye-bye. Yeah. So – the offensive line suffered, the wide receivers suffered, the quarterback suffered. All three coaches of those three rooms were the ones who went to the concert. Yeah. And before you make an argument that that uh, the wide receiver room didn't suffer, go look at the statistics. Yeah. It absolutely, absolutely did. And like you said, Chris, Brian Hartline supposedly is the OC. Now, let me get Which back. I can't put all that on him either because – Ryan Day still hasn't released the reins. 
Correct. Let's get back to Corey Dennis. You made the comment that Corey Dennis is essentially not truly the quarterback's coach. We still believe it is to be Ryan Day. Ryan Day is wearing three hats. He's wearing the hat of head coach, of offensive coordinator, and quarterback's coach. But whose fault is that, Eric? That's his own. But if that's the case, then why are we? In, why do? Why is Corey Dennis employed? Good question. Very good question. He's glorified babysitter, a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar babysitter. <laughs> Essentially, that's what it is. Exactly. It's terrible. That is, and again, bad decision, right? Who made that decision? Ryan Day. Hire him or to keep him. Both Ryan Day. That was Ryan Day's decision. You know, I can see Urban Meyer literally would be the first person who would probably fire Corey Dennis. Oh, absolutely. If he even though getting, it's his son-in-law, if he wasn't getting what was expected, Urban wouldn't hesitate because Urban's got that killer instinct and that that have to win attitude. So, if I could have been a a bug on the wall, right? Of the meeting that took place that Corey Dennis didn't show up to. If you have the gumption and the standard to basically bench Carson yes. Hensman, then where is that standard for Corey Dennis? Yes, there should have been something. I mean, literally, I would have even issued. I noticed that he was suspended without pay for the bowl game due to his, you know, his extracurricular activities or his inability to follow team rules. For nothing. Yeah. Crickets. It's January 2nd and he's still employed at this moment. And and it's another reason that I think, you know, these players are smart guys, Eric. They, they sit back and they see what's going on. Sure. You know, that's why I think we see we're going to see a ton of transfers. That's why you've got guys who may have been considering coming back that I think will now go to the NFL draft. Maybe guys like Michael Hall Jr., who I don't think we're ready yet, may make that move because they see what's going on within that coaching staff. And I said it on Sunday. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Right. These guys are smart. They know. They know if things don't change exactly what's going to happen. And that next year, it's not just going to be me who's rabid screaming for for people's jobs. You're going to have all of Buckeye Nation rabid Mm -hmm. and screaming for people's jobs. Mm -hmm. And if I'm those players, I don't want to be at the center of all that. Right. No, it's... It's really it becomes it becomes hard for the players because these are the these are the 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 gentlemen the men that you are entrusting to develop you to get you to the next level yes to lead you to your goals as a team as individuals but also as a team and when those goals the failure to meet those goals happens you have to ask tough questions. We're asking the tough questions tonight, but in all honesty, Chris, these are questions that should have been should be being asked inside of Ryan Day's office. Yes, weeks ago. 
Now, I'm not saying they haven't. Maybe they have. Maybe the conversation with Gene Smith about the future of Justin Fry, Corey Dennis, etc. Um, maybe, you know, Parker Fleming, he should be the first one to go. Um, <clears throat> maybe these conversations have already taken place and I just don't know yet. But here we are on January 2nd. Crickets. And I'm still not hearing anything. Um, Urban Meyer, he he took immediate action when things were not up to the standard. And as Ryan Day is going to have to learn, like Aaron says, he's going to have to learn to be a killer. We all scream for angry Ryan Day. Ryan Day's a super nice guy. He cares a lot about people and their mental health and things and that's all wonderful those are great things but when it your but they don't win big football games eric your ability to continue to do those things depends on your success on the football field you're I, not going to you're not going to be able to continue to contribute millions of dollars to on your sleeve if you're not the head football coach of Ohio State I've said it before and I'll say it again I think that Ryan Day the offensive coordinator was brilliant. He was he gutsy. Was awesome. He was innovative. Mm-hmm. He he just he went for it, but he didn't ultimately have to be in the big chair and answer for it either. Correct. Now he's in the big chair. There are some people who are meant to be head coaches and some people who are meant to be coordinators. Right now, I feel like Ryan Day is meant to be a coordinator. I thought it was so telling in the pre-bowl game news conferences when Ryan Day is sitting right next to Coach Drinkwitz from Missouri. And the question was asked to Coach Drinkwitz on how Missouri went from basically 6-6 six and six to 10-2. and two. And he said, I took a long, hard look in the mirror and realized that I was doing a disservice to my team and to the players by trying to wear too many hats. And they didn't need me to be an offensive coordinator. They needed me to be a head coach, to be a leader of this program. And that meant I turned over the reins to someone else to call the plays. Ryan Day sitting in that room when that answer was given. Yeah. Yeah. It was was almost like Drinkwitz was trying to – you know, give him a little piece of free advice. Yes. It's like, I know he heard that. I know he heard that answer. If he refuses to take this opportunity to do that very thing, and and I've, I've heard this. Well, the reason why he's afraid to do that is because if he has to bring someone in, it's be, it means that uh, Brian Hartline's not ready to call plays. You can convince Brian Hartline to stay if the person you bring in is going to teach him how to call plays. Because it was obvious yeah. Ryan Day wasn't doing that this year. No, no. You you know, and we'd all talked about Chip Kelly at one point. We'd all talked mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, just several different people have been mentioned who have that play calling ability. And – Especially if it's someone older, I think you could convince Brian Hartline to stay. Say, listen, this guy's going to come in. He's going to mentor you on this play calling for two years, three years. You're going to be co-offensive coordinators at that point. After a year, two, three years, whatever you're going to do, the agreed-upon time, 
you're going to become the full-on offensive coordinator. You're calling all the plays. You know, the show is all yours. Right. Brian Hartline loves Ohio State. He loves the game of football. And I think that he would be more than willing to do that if you were going to help him achieve his ultimate goal. Right. And you don't have to pay him less. He's no. Not take, he's not taking a pay cut. I, Hell, we can know. take some of that money that's going to Corey Dennis, Parker Fleming, and Justin Fry and give it to the guy. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and you know, we we talk about the quarterback coach. That's another whole situation where – and I know that we had this talk and really he's better as a receiver's coach, but I felt like we made a huge miss when Smooth Jazz got picked up by Luke Fickle in Wisconsin. Yep. Kenny got, but, uh, Luke Fickle beat Ryan Day to the punch on Kenny Guyton. Yeah. Beat him to the punch. Why? Because Luke Fickle has a killer instinct. He knew that Kenny Guyton was in play, and he went for it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and right now there's a guy who's floating around the NFL. Yeah. Who we need mm-hmm. to go out and tap for that quarterback coaching job, and that's one JT Barrett. JT Barrett's quarterback's coach at Detroit Lions right if, now. If you look. Playoff. The playoff, the playoff Detroit Lions. With a resurgent Jared Goff. A right. guy who was all but written off is now, you know, putting up these great numbers as the quarterback for the, the Detroit Lions. But you, you've got JT out there. And if you look, in the Buckeyes that we've brought back to coach, have we missed on one yet? I think Walton's doing a pretty daggone good job. What do you think? Walton, Walt, next to next to Jim Knowles, Walton had the next best next best year on this staff. Hartline, Hartline's done a solid job <clears throat> for, for what he's is, been able to do. Hartline has had a really good run, yes, especially as a uh, recruiter. Laurenitis came in. You know, he made an impact, even though he's not a full coach. I feel like he made an impact in our linebacker room, and also. A little bit in recruiting with the, the kid we picked up was it out of Texas, I believe, the linebacker that uh, mm-hmm. he helped sway away from uh, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Yep. We so, have not missed when we brought a Buckeye back, Eric. And and and, and to to piggyback on that, Laurenitis needs to be a full time coach on this. Has staff. to be a full time coach next year. Has to be. You cannot you cannot let him not get on the road and recruit. That's if that's you, a total if you don't have, failure. If you don't have him as a full time coach next year, you know who I bet would. Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle. Yeah. Marcus Freeman <laughs> would take him Freeman back. Marcus Freeman would take him back. Absolutely. So there are so many instances, but circling back around to just the quarterbacks, the argument that Ryan Day said this multiple times, he said it at halftime and he said it in the post game we were out there with our third string quarterback no you weren't no you weren't you were not the moment the very second Kyle McCord walked out of your office that man and told you and told you I'm going into the portal Lincoln Keenholz became your backup quarterback and and the entire concentration of yourself and Corey Dennis was to get uh, Devin Brown ready to start and Lincoln Keenholz ready to back him up in case something happened. And neither and the, one was ready. And the fact, and, and, and I, and I heard this, the fact he was running scout team. What are you doing? Yeah. Now, again, 
This question was asked. Was Tristan Gibbia available? Yes. Why didn't he play? He was he wasn't third on the depth chart. Yes, he was. Because yeah. this guy who who you're calling third was second. And if Tristan Gibbia wasn't running Ohio State's offense as the backup, then that meant you had two quarterbacks running scout team? Yeah. I don't buy it for a second. Come on. That is and- the the mental math that you're making people do is incorrect. So if Tristan or if if Lincoln Keynolls is truly running scout team, what in the in God's name was Tristan Gibbia doing on this roster if he wasn't preparing himself to be the backup for Devin Brown? Yeah. I I, I wish I knew, Eric. I wish I could tell you. But you know what? And don't give me the third string or second string, whatever crap anymore anyhow. It wasn't that long ago. Urban Meyer took a third-string quarterback and won a national title. Different situation. That third-string quarterback was, was a prepared. junior, but he was ready because he wasn't there to play school. I got gotcha. you. I'm following you. But did you watch Tennessee's third-string quarterback go in and score 35 yes. points against Iowa, the most Iowa's given up all year? Yeah. Now, granted, he – you know why? He was they, prepared. They prepared him. This is – this argument of of an excuse of our third string quarterback is it's exactly what it is. It's an excuse. Yes. It's an excuse. And I'm taking that excuse away from you because that should not have been the case. You should have had him ready, but instead you've got coaches who are going to country concerts instead of sitting down with the young man going over the playbook. Yes. Quizzing him, getting him ready, talking about scenarios. You're out there enjoying the boot scooting boogie down in Texas. That is why we're upset as Buckeye Nation. So, and, so and all these people. Happen, Eric, that's the bad part. You knew it when you made that line change. You knew it. Yes. So all these people who are like, you guys are just being so hard on this coaching staff. No, we're holding them accountable for what they should be doing. Do you think Missouri's coaching staff was down there enjoying them, the boot scooting boogie? Or do you think they were getting their team ready to beat you? I'd say they did the boot scooting boogie roll over Ryan Day's face is what they did. So when you walked off the field, Ohio State coaching staff, when you walked off the field with long faces and they're celebrating the Cotton Bowl victory, that feeling is because they wanted it more. You're showing us as fans that you didn't want it as much as they did. So spare me the, you're being too hard on Ryan Day and the coaching staff. We're not. We're just responding to the facts that are being given to us that this coaching staff thought their priorities were different than what we and, feel and they should be. I want to comment to one other thing I saw on social media uh, today, Eric, and it had to do with the whole fact that everybody was being so hard on the coaches when it's not the coach's fault. The coaches don't execute on the field. You know what? The coaches are in charge of getting those kids ready to execute on the field. Yes. yes. And when they have that much of it, you don't put that kind of that kind of uh, you know blame on the kids who were not properly prepared. Yeah, you 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 had a handful of light practices for a month and then decided to try to practice for a week. Well, one of your coaches at least is out concerting it up and. Uh, you, you know, and 
not doing what he's supposed to be doing. You got another offensive lineman who, you know, for Hensman to go on, and I hate to circle back to the beginning of the show, but for Hensman to go on that show and share all those other things he did, I have to feel there was some animosity there anyhow. Sure. There was sure. animosity there either about the situation in the Woody or with particular coaches mm-hmm. because I can't believe for a second that otherwise this kid would have went out and started, you know, spilling the laundry. So we, we have a definite coaching problem at Ohio state, Eric, <clears throat> you know, we may all may not all agree that Ryan Day is a big, the biggest part of the coaching problem, but I think we can definitely say for sure that we got an issue in the quarterback room, the offensive line, and the special teams. Yeah, I would say the majority of Buckeye Nation agrees that Corey Dennis should be fired, and I think I, and I think believe his, Fry as well. I think his contract actually runs out this year, Corey but, Dennis. But so, let me tell you one but, other thing. Mickey Mariota does not need fired. It is not Mick's fault. No, you need to let him loose. Guys, you need to let him go. Yes. You need to take the it handcuffs is, he off. He's not of him. the one who's holding these kids back. Yeah. And and you know, and you know, and one more thing. If these kids, as you're calling them, if the if the Buckeyes feel that what is going on is really hard and difficult and just it's it's too taxing on them, just wait until the next coach comes in, if it's an Urban Meyer-like guy. That 2012, Urban Meyer had them boys up running in the snow at 6 a.m. And And what did they do that year, Eric? They went 12-0. Yeah. Thanks, Gene Smith. They should have won a national champion. They should have won a national championship over Notre Dame that year because that's who we would have played, not Alabama. We would have been in a national championship, and we would have smoked – he would have smoked Notre Dame. But here we are, Chris, and we're going to turn the page now. Yes. We're going to turn the page. We're going to talk about the successes of this season. This upcoming Sunday, Sunday at 8 o'clock Eastern on our live show, it'll be our Buckeye Award show. Our, I believe this will be our Fourth? fifth, fifth, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah. Fifth. Our fifth Buckeye Award show. Um, so we'll be doing that. We want to invite you to come be live, a part of that show, uh, this Sunday, 8 o'clock Eastern. Please like, share, subscribe. Give us the thumbs up. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Ring the bell so you get notified every time there's a new video or when we go live. Uh, the crowd continues to grow. We really do appreciate that. We're getting also close to the uh, magical 1,000 subscribers that YouTube places on you to get monetized. Not that we're caring about getting monetized. Yeah. We, we, we're not going to be getting rich from this. I can promise you that. But, hit, that uh, hit that thumbs up because – as, uh, as our good friend Jay Thompson likes to say, I need a hug after the, what we've experienced the last couple weeks. There you go. Thumbs up is like giving Chris and me a hug because we need it, right? And if you're a Michigan fan and you're enjoying uh, enjoying us wallowing in our sorrow, if that's what you perceive us to be. Just wait till they vacate your wins. <laughs> Give us a thumbs up anyways. We appreciate that as well, even from you trolls. So 
we hope you've enjoyed this uh, as we continue to pump out more content. Uh, as always, be kind to one another. Io Summers OH in Carmen, Ohio, with all your heart. Till next time, Chris OH. Io, go Bucks. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.